0: Today's guest is Rosalind Bosco. Besides having a PhD in English literature, she is also a near-death experience researcher and she has had spiritually transformative experiences. Today we're going to talk about how people who have not had NDEs can still benefit from listening to NDE accounts. Rosalind, thank you so much for joining me and welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Jeff. I'm truly privileged to be a part of your show.
0: Well, thank you. All right, Rosalind, let's start here. How did you get involved in all this near death experience research?
1: I would say uh, the quest for the near death experience research started at a point of my life when I had a feeling that life had uh, come almost to a standstill. So I was brought up in the Roman Catholic religious background. And um, uh, here, uh, people are very strict and rigid regarding all the dictates of the religion that they practice, especially uh, Christians and Catholics. So, I was brought up with an idea that when you do something good, always good comes back, comes back to you. So, uh, but. I was fine with this theory as long as I was uh, about in my 30s. But then some kind of catastrophic experiences happened in my life. And after that, uh, it was a question mark. I thought that religion has failed to give me some answers which are very vital for me to grow as a person. And uh, this was what... This was where my quest began, but I wouldn't say exactly that my near-death experience research started at that point of time. It took me some time to analyze and integrate all that happened into my, in my life. And I found that my life was just not a random act of events, but that it was perfectly coordinated and there was a plan behind everything there, there was a kind of a divine plan is what i would say uh because uh even the certain things that i thought were not beneficial to me that uh, certain things that i thought that i had done wrong were exactly the the incidents or things that took me on this course or the, that took me on the search, I would say. If I had not had those experiences, what generally we would term as not good or uh, uh, or not perfect. So those experiences were what I absolutely, absolutely needed to move me along the way and took me a long way into this passion.
0: Can you give me some examples of the experiences that you had that put you on this path?
1: Yeah, definitely. I would like to start with my mother. And uh, today is her birthday. Mm. So uh, I think it's a synchronicity. It's a synchronicity mm. because I believe in signs and synchronicities. So um, my mother was a very pious woman. And as I've already told you, she believed that everything would happen For good, if you did good in your life. My my parents were that way and they were brought up that way. Uh, But then when uh, she was about uh, 53 years old, she had a very bitter experience with her health and she was hospitalized. Unfortunately, she was not given the right treatment for cancer and uh, her leg had to be amputated. So she lost her leg. that was something that uh, shook us very badly and at that point of uh, these were the kind of catastrophic experiences and uh, another experience was when my husband himself he was also hospitalized and uh, there was a point when i w- almost had a kind of a breakdown and it was then that i realized that there was no use in taking everything upon myself. And I had to surrender to the higher powers and uh, just leave it at that because I was about to break down at the moment. And the moment I decided that, I saw that things happened on their own. Uh, I-, I received help from so many different quarters. I was able to... Uh, reached the hospital, and so many people helped us. We didn't expect all those uh, help. So, it was something supernatural, Jeff, Jeff. And after my husband was operated upon, he had a, a bypass surgery and uh, uh, he had a terrible suffering. And at that point of time, um, I was also heartbroken to see him suffering. And it was exactly at that moment that he felt somebody touching his shoulder and as if reassuring him he was completely awake and i was also awake uh, it was not a dream state but then he told me that he could see somebody physically touching his shoulder and reassuring him and uh, saying that you will be better so these kind of experiences are what may uh, made me believe in a supernatural power and near-death experiences. Uh, there was another incident, Jeff, uh, where a small child was raped and thrown on the streets. So I had this question to ask God, oh, why does this happen? This is totally unjustified. It, it has happened to a child. How do you, How do I reconcile with this? And I was walking around my house, I just saw uh, there is a school, there was a school beyond my house, and uh, I could see a small bird being chased by uh, like 10 or 15 crows. I really felt sorry for the bird, I couldn't help the bird. But at that point of time, I realized that I was getting an answer to my question. This is not how the world works, there is a course of nature predetermined and things have to happen in a way that nature has designed so if it is true for nature then it is true for all of us is what I was able to understand so I started reading more and more about these things because I feel that I felt that religion has had not answered all my questions at that point of time so I started uh, reading about uh, other uh, spiritual uh, uh, religions, especially because Hinduism is predominant here, mm-hmm. At, and and I have watched some shows about reincarnation, even on the BBC. So my father was not a fundamentalist, though he was he was he regularly attended church, and um, uh, did his duties regularly. Still, he did not hate or detest other religions. And he also instilled uh, the value that I should respect all religions just as I do my own. So delving into the reincarnation theory, I thought that uh, there were answers to these questions because all the incidents that happen in your life do not justify, they, they are not justified.
0: Earlier in the podcast today, you mentioned that if you do something good, good things will come back to you. And yes. that to me sounds like karma and doesn't sound like something that's in the Catholic religion. It sounds more like a Hindu thing. Am I correct about that or no?
1: Yes. Uh, I believe that all religions hold some a grain of, grain of, grains of truth in them. Mm-hmm. And if we stay closed, uh, to what is happening around us, then uh, I think that we might lose out on something very important. And at one point of time, I see many people frustrated and completely lose their faith in God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might see it happening right before, we might see it happening right before our eyes at the moment with all these corona deaths and uh, cases of cases mm-hmm. spiking all over the world. Mm-hmm. People are frustrated, frustrated and they don't know why... Innocent people have become victims to this disease. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, a failure to understand how the system works. And this is where I see near-death research offers a lot of scope for people to reconcile with what is happening around them. Because uh, we, we are eternal beings. We are spiritual beings of light. And our journey doesn't end here. So this karma theory, as you said, is uh, from the Hindu religion. And there are some basic concepts to this karma theory.
0: Let me ask you this. So are you trying to say that when bad things happen to people, it's just kind of part of nature, like how... You know, the bird was attacked by a bunch of crows. Uh,
1: no, I definitely did not uh, mean oh. it that way. Jir, oh, okay, then because... i it's
0: okay. Then I got it. I'm confused.
1: Uh, yeah let let me explain it to you. So, unless you have this reincarnation theory in place, mm-hmm. uh, see Hindus believe that there are two kinds of uh, pala. Pala means fruit of your actions. Mm-hmm. So, one is called the drishta pala. And the second is called the adhristapala. So, uh, supposing you just you are very rude to someone on the street while driving, then you have what is called uh, uh, you might uh, you might have um, a minor incident where you feel bad or hurt, or something might happen to you. The same way, if you are very kind or courteous to a person in the street and allow him or her to cross over, if they seem to be in a hurry, then you have this drishtapala happening to you, which means the fruit of that action is immediate, in the sense uh, you might reach home a little bit late, uh, five or ten, mi- ten minutes late, but you uh, you might have the kindness repaid to you at a later point of time, Uh, But uh, Adrishchapala is different in the sense that uh, it takes a longer time to fructify, to yield fruit. So when you do an action or help somebody or uh, help a needy person, uh, even give a smile to a person on the street, because NDEs often speak about a very small acts of uh, kindnesses. They don't talk about something huge. So uh, these kind of actions can fructify probably in this lifetime immediately or it might take some time to fructify or it might even uh, fructify later. You might uh, reap the yield of that fruit at some point later in life. So uh, I would like to think that this is how people meet uh, good things or bad things in their lives, uh, maybe based on their previous lives or uh, the actions fructify for them at unexpected, like winning a lottery or something like that, you Mm -hmm. could
0: say. So you're saying if you won the lottery in this life, maybe even in a previous life, you did something amazing for somebody and now it's fructifying in this lifetime.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely, Jeff. So, uh, there is nothing that uh, that goes wrong in this system. That's mm-hmm. what I would I would prefer to believe.
0: As I introduced you to this um, podcast today, we were
1: yeah.
0: I mentioned that people are able to benefit from NDE accounts just by listening to them. So, how yes. is that possible?
1: I would say that uh, all the NDEs, I I might have listened to at least 500 by now, minimum. And um, so everybody talks about unconditional love. But when we come back to real life, the reason why these people don't want to come back, at least a majority of them, 70 to 80% of them, is because they see the contrast between the conditional love that the world has to offer them. And many of them say, see, I love my wife so much, I love my family so much, I love my kids so much, but I still did not want to come back. So what is the one thing that persuades them to stay back? And that is unconditional love. And uh, this unconditional love is what... Uh, makes an, an an ND experience very stimulating, and to make it better, uh, these ND years they are given a purpose. You have you have something to do in life is what most of them are told, and some of them are shown pictures about how their family would suffer or their siblings, others would suffer if they don't go back to it. And some, I would say, are almost rudely sent back to Earth. So, um, and all this is because now is a time for a consciousness shift or a consciousness change. And these people have been sent back to show that unconditional way is the way forward. We see that the world is being led on a totally materialistic manner were the leaders believing that materialism is the only way out. And uh, that is where NDEs have a role to play in showing that it is not revenge, but unconditional love that is going to work for us on the whole as a human race, or we might be in trouble. Uh, sorry, real trouble, Jeff. That is what my instinct tells me. And all the happenings of these days have are taking me more and more into that belief. Uh, they are making me more and more convinced about this. What do you we mean? We are heading for trouble.
0: What do you mean we're heading for real trouble?
1: When people just think about materialism and uh, not about humanity as a whole then we don't think about uh, pollution or the environment or even the animals and the species that lived long with us when the amazons were destroyed and uh, you can give examples you can see the fires in australia it 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 is not because you can see the global warming happening in india and the temperatures rising drastically, so unless we come, we retrace our steps. I think we would, uh, we are heading for real trouble. So these people are sent as messengers to spread the message that uh, there is something more to life, and not just living life as it is without any purpose.
0: All right. Do you think that the average person has that much effect on all these problems? Or do you think it's more important that the leaders of countries hear these messages?
1: Spiritual theory tells us that you have to go inside yourself and change yourself first. And a change happens when each and every person goes into himself or herself. And that is enough for now. Mm. And so we will have uh, more and more people with consciousness ready to spread the message. And uh, people will also realize that all these things are happening for the greater good for humanity. So we know that uh, without a speck of dark on a white paper, uh, the paper is just blank. But when you look at that speck, I would say that uh, uh, media tends to magnify this only this speck. So the best way for us to move forward is to believe that each one is an instrument of change in this endeavor. And in recent cases, you, we saw uprisings of people in different parts of the world when uh, of, of, of when somebody was killed without reason. So people's levels of consciousness are rising. And an incident which would have gone without notice probably before 100 years is gaining a lot of attention these days because people are becoming more conscious of everything that happens around them. And end have a lot of role to play in this regard they can take us forward.
0: How do you feel about gurus or any other spiritual people promoting the law of attraction just for material gain?
1: Yeah, I I would like to, I I would not like to judge them, but uh, I don't think that you can reap something material just by practicing some mantras or uh, there are some gurus who say, if you want material gains, do this. And there are so many uh, spiritual sites also doing the same. But I don't believe in that because as we, as, I, as we say, every good action might bring you a benefit immediately or it might bring you a benefit later in life. Even if a person has a lot of material gain at some point of time, that might not turn out to be advantageous to him. In spite of having money, he or she might not have uh, a peace of mind or, not might be, or might not be perfectly happy. We see so many rich people mm-hmm. who are always running after money, but nothing seems to satisfy them that is exactly what you mean what i mean but i've seen i've seen people very poor people taking care of uh, those around them perfectly happy and contented so uh, these uh, spiritual gurus who are doing this i feel don't understand or probably they are manipulating the masses to believe that you can reap all the material gains that you want by uttering some magic chants or words.
0: I've read about a very rich man that was in jail and he said there are lots of millionaires in jail and he said that greed is an addiction and just like a person who would be addicted to drugs would just, you know rob, steal, destroy people so he can get his drugs. It's the same way with people who are trying to get millions and millions of dollars. They'll do the same kind of damage along the way.
1: It becomes a kind of obsession at one point of time where you uh, go for a better model car or a, a something to the next level, a, a, a beautiful house, a house with a pool of your own, or uh, a house in Hawaii, or so many different things you can think about, a private shattered flight for yourself. Okay. But whether it brings all the happiness that you thought it would bring would be different because my personal experience is when I buy something new, I like it, mm-hmm. and I look at it for a few days or uh, even a few months. I, and I value it naturally, but it does not give me a lasting happiness or joy. And I can tell you that true happiness and joy can only be brought about through spiritually transformative experiences. Mm. Mm. That's
0: nice. You said that you have listened to about 500 NDEs and you are my third guest that's from India. Um, Have you heard of any NDEs in India where people are meeting Shiva in the afterlife
1: that is a question on my mind as well jeff but interestingly or ironically i would say i have heard westerners from your part of the world mm-hmm. speak of the experience of shiva and uh, i think your recent guest i forget her name was it Renu uh, oh, or uh, ritu sorry yeah. she was speaking about the shiva experience mm-hmm uh maybe uh, probably i am i might be wrong i have heard of some people speak about buddha mm-hmm. and uh, but here the system is such that people are afraid to come out into the open mm. and it took it took a long time for us from the time of raymond moody's life mm-hmm. after life uh 1970s i think the book was released and it's taken us almost 50 years to be open about this without being called crazy. Uh, I, I think that uh, things are on their way, even in India, but, but people are more secretive about it. Mm. They don't want to share about their uh, OBEs in the open. Mm. Uh, there is a kind of a taboo existing here. And that is why that is one of the reasons why I am uh, trying to uh, get my views across to as many people as I can.
0: It's interesting because I would think that most Westerners would believe that people in India would be more spiritually um, acceptable to this, you know, because Hinduism goes back so many thousands of years and... I think people have the stereotype that, you know, India is probably one of the most spiritual places on the planet.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, Jeff, because uh, as I told you, it is a way of life here. Nobody gives too much importance to such, I would say, because they, uh, they accept it and integrate it probably. Because they have all these, you have so many ashrams and people all over the world coming to India. And I would say that Hindus are the most tolerant people in the world, probably because Buddhism originated here, and uh, uh, they are not. I could say that uh, speaking about the ninety-nine percent or ninety-five percent of the people, they are very tolerant. Uh, so they they are uh, oh, they they are very. Uh, Uh, Used to saying prayers at school. I was a teacher in school and at college, and uh, they recite the. uh, They used to recite prayers every day, Christian prayers. So that way, they are very tolerant. Uh, But uh, about these NDE experiences, even I have this question about why not many cases are coming up. Probably, they might be in the Hindi language, which uh, I don't uh, understand. And I'm sure that things will pick up here and a lot more people. I'm sure things are happening here. People are seeing their own deities. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, So because uh, I remember the instance of Ramanuja, the famous Ramanuja, the famous mathematician, uh, who was a great mathematician. Mm -hmm. And he had this goddess appearing to him in his dream. And he said that all of his theorems were downloaded in his dreams. Hmm. So there, uh, and and those are the best in the world, at least one of the best, I would say. So uh, these things are happening, but not being shared very much with the rest of the world hmm. Hmm. is what I think.
0: All right, what do you think is... The best way to listen to these NDE stories so the person can get the most benefit from them.
1: I try to get something new from each story. For for example, some people speak about uh, the in-between lives where they are met by the spiritual masters and guides. So this is not something that I have known from my religious background. And uh, we have seen Brian L. Ways take his uh, patient. The first, I think, the first patient was Catherine, and that was when he first found out that he could take a person beyond the current life, and he could solve her psychological problems or traumas in this life when he was able to redress her problems of past past life. So, uh, uh, in this way, I think the meetings with the spiritual guides or the spiritual masters, and some people say that they see a council of uh, men and women. There are some who say that uh, you are taking life seriously. For the case of Anita Murjani, she says that uh, self-love is something that we need to practice, which goes completely opposite to my religious value, Jeff. I was completely brought up with the idea that I I equated self-love with selfishness. I thought it was pure selfishness. So when I read Anita Murujani's Dying to be Me, that was a kind of a uh, life-changing experience for me because I understood that uh, it's not wrong to think about yourself. And one more justification about uh, self-love is that unless you love yourself, you cannot give that 100% love to others. So when a person loves himself or herself, there is a joy which radiates through us to the people we interact with. Otherwise, uh, you only get the feeling of being a martyr Mm. and living for somebody else. And that's exactly what... some religions promote that you have to be a martyr, live for others, living for others is good. But that can be achieved only when you feel perfectly contented. I would think that uh, uh, this gives us a very good takeaway. This is one of the takeaways I would uh, get from all these near-death experiences. Oh, because I see many people, uh, women, just especially in some parts of the world, who only believe that they have come here to serve others, take their orders and do things for them. And uh, at, at the end of it all, I don't think they are really happy or contented or satisfied and you need to be satisfied to be wholly true to others, Jeff.
0: I'm assuming, and this is just a guess because I don't live there, but maybe 90 to 95% of the population in India is Hindu?
1: A majority of them are Hindus. A uh, very few, uh, uh, 2 or 3% might be Christians.
0: Okay, so... with
1: are Hindus. Would, Not many Buddhists around also. I, uh, Maybe in Tibet... Or uh, other countries and now people are getting a lot of interest in uh, Buddhism okay uh, so wherever we go around we see these
0: well the reason I ask that is do all these people naturally believe in reincarnation
1: as uh, I think they've almost forgotten about it Jeff really <laughs> no, and there are some people who might uh, be uh, who who might remember it uh, but uh, they take it for granted. See, materialism and uh, running after money is the primary focus of life until your 50s. And when a person enters his or her 50s, they have a lot of, a lot of other things to think about. Their family, how they're going to run uh, the weddings and all. Uh, so you don't have much time to speculate on this unless you're drawn to it through a spiritually transformative experience so they believe in reincarnation but uh, still here when we it 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 is a story of interest when it appears on the paper it creates extraordinary interest not something natural that you would say oh that girl is a reincarnation people don't speak that way here right
0: well let me put it this way in the western world or at least in the united states the The number one religion is Christianity. I don't know what the percentage is, but probably most of the Christians believe, okay, when you die, you go to heaven and you're with Jesus and that's where you are for eternity. That's kind of probably the mindset, right? So I was just thinking that in India, in the Hinduism population, do most people just think, okay, well, when when I die, I'm going to come back and, and reincarnate again? Or is there something else? After they die, what do they do?
1: I don't think people even think about that, Jeff, to tell you the truth. They are so much preoccupied with uh, running up. And India is not a very, everybody is not rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, very small percentage of people are extraordinarily rich. Uh, so there are people living beyond the poverty line who are running after the daily wages, labor. So they don't have much time to think about it. And if they did, certainly there would be a lot of change because if they thought that they were to come back and uh, uh, atone for or get the rewards, I think all our lives would be entirely different. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think I saw this documentary one time where it was somewhere in India and they had a monkey problem. There would be too many monkeys in one neighborhood, so they would hire people to scare the monkeys into the next neighborhood. They didn't want to kill the monkeys. They would just, people would come and scare the monkeys into somebody else's neighborhood, and then eventually that neighborhood would have to hire these people and scare them into somebody else's neighborhood. So it sounds cruel. I don't want to be mean, but, you know, some people will just say, you know, well, let's there's too many monkeys, we've got to kill some of these monkeys, but that's not something that's done in India. Is that because of just they don't like cruelty to animals, or is that something that they think they may get negative karma or a reincarnation issue?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say a majority of the people are uh, vegetarians, but Mm -hmm. a good number of people are vegetarians. Mm. And uh, as you say, I have noticed people living around the vicinity here uh, sometimes when we see snakes, small snakes, we live in a like our campus which is about 100 acres with a lot of trees, and a little bit in the suburbs. So uh, snakes, we spot snakes now and then. I've heard some people say, oh, uh, just leave it as it is. Unless you harm that snake, it is not going to come and uh, harm you. So, but most of the times the snake gets killed. Uh, but I have heard people speaking this also. And uh, talking about this consciousness, Jeff, so as your, uh, we were talking about, you asked me something about heaven, and uh, we as Christians, we believe in heaven, uh, being re- reunited with God. Uh, heaven might be just a state of, I believe that heaven is just a state of consciousness. So the higher level you get elevated and you believe that consciousness as a whole, whether it be a monkey or a snake or a plant, um, it was uh, meant to be and uh, not to be disturbed unless uh, you feel threatened by it or you are uh, uh, its target. So this, I think, elevates the level of consciousness and takes it to a higher level, rather than act impulsively. Uh, uh, That would be my answer to your question.
0: Can you tell me about the still experiment?
1: Uh, Yeah, that would be the double slit experiment, Jeff. Uh, it was done by thomas young in the early 19th century and um he just sent some light photons photons through double slits so there are two uh slits and light was emitted through this uh, these slits and uh these lights created uh, there was a screen on the other side to see the impact that these light particles made on the screen. So uh, these light particles, photons, later these experiments were done with electrons and atoms, and they are being continuously done. And uh, one thing that was noticed is that these waves have a dual nature. That is, they have the nature of both a wave function as well as a particle function. They can work both like a wave and as a particle. And the most strangest thing, the weirdest experiment, and it is also called the most beautiful experiment on the planet, is the results of these experiments change when there is... At a conscious observer, when there is an observer. So, when do these particles or electrons take the nature of a wave? That is when they are not observed. When they are observed by a conscious observer, they behave like particles, uh, which is uh, which sign and uh, scientists are baffled by this experiment. So what I would like to bring about in this is rather than go into the nuances of this experiment and explaining how these things happen. This is the role of the conscious observer. And uh, what I would like to present you in a very humble way is that there are a number of probabilities existing around us, probability waves. And a conscious observer can make a difference. So, when your consciousness can tap into these probability waves, and you can, and a person can use it for his or her greater good, uh, we talk about visualization, uh, Jeff. So, when you visualize so much, something happens, but. I feel just visualization and not working upon it is not going to help. The consciousness level must be able to make use of all these probabilities that exist around us. So this is where uh, I would like to say that uh, it's not uh, not going to take us long for uh, spirituality and science to join hands and come together. Because uh, there is no answer to to this question, so matter becomes perfectly. Uh, 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 at one point of time, we would say that uh, we we would say that is there's no matter at all. The world itself is illusory. It's a hologram. Because going down to the quark level, the minimum level of the atom, and uh, finding that. It is almost purely energy. Then how do you justify all the material world that you see around us? And I have heard of NDEers say, uh, in their shared near-death experiences, uh, one uh, woman, I forget her name, she said that she held the baby in her arms and it was perfectly solid, and uh, m- m- many others like uh, Jeff Olsen and so many others, say that that world looks more real, more solid. So uh, 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 the, our consciousness has a great role to play in visualizing and at least moving our life forward in the right, right direction. So the role of a conscious observer. This is what the double slit experiment says, uh, Jeff. Mm-hmm. And uh, can I tell you something about Advaita, sure. in relation to this? Yeah. Uh, the Hindu philosophy that I told you, which is taken from the Upanishads Advaita, says that everything stems from a single consciousness. There is no division at all. And as I told you, this is, uh, it dates back, this uh, Upanishads, they date back to times immemorial, as far as we can remember. And how it is explained is everything is one, sat eva, which means all is one and everything comes. Uh, Just imagine gold in its raw form, when it's mined. Uh, It is gold, a solid piece of gold. But this gold can be made into so many different ornaments of different shapes and sizes. So this gold is what is called as satya. That is true consciousness. And all the everything that is made out of gold is called mithya, which is gold. All these ornaments still retain the properties of the original gold. But the name and the form differs. Similarly, all of us in this world share the same consciousness. The name, the shape, the size uh, differs. And I believe that plants also share this consciousness. So when uh, I water a plant with more love and care, I prefer to... uh, pour mm-hmm. water individually to each plant and say a hello to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the, these are the kind of experiments I would like. I, I see that they are better off when I uh, do that.
0: Can you give us some more examples of how an NDE transforms a person into a healer?
1: Uh, so this unconditional love, I think conditional love is uh, what makes people uh, i would say less than human and uh, when a person is subjected to some to so much unconditional love uh, he or she starts sharing this unconditional love among the family members i've heard so many people say I felt so much love when I went into a supermarket store. I I, I just felt so much love when I saw a person on the street. And uh, the other person also responded uh, with a smile. And uh, recently I heard some people, somebody say that uh, you must have had an NDE experience. So the joy that is radiated from a person who has experienced this makes... Uh, gives way to uh i would say promotes qualities of forgiveness mm. and also brings about uh some element of unconditional uh, a lot of that unconditional love into practice and when your consciousness is elevated to a better level uh, you naturally started uh, you naturally start noticing a lot of things around you and uh, you have this electro i believe that we have this electromagnetic field around us which each one of us can make use of can tap into when we are in the right uh, state of consciousness and this can make us heal ourselves as well as others i have started uh, i have i've uh, started uh, indulging in this But I'm not still a practitioner in this I would like to make uh, uh, more inroads into this area. But I can see uh, that I I can see this uh, electromagnetic field around me. For example, when I just move my hands in a certain way and uh, I can feel the energy. And from a distance, I can... Make the other person feel the feel the energy. There are people doing this, even on Zoom calls, hmm. uh, and uh, uh, doing this to people who are at the other end of the world. And this is the beauty of time, Jeff. If you would allow me to say something about it, sure. about us, time doesn't matter. Time is not linear. This is what uh, near-death experiences say, that time is not linear in the other world, which means, uh, again, I would like to quote Anita Morjani. And uh, she says, when I went into the state of consciousness, I realized that I was in a very huge room, but I had only a flashlight with me. And I was just, Focusing on certain aspects of life, I did not get the whole picture. But when the lights, when lights were switched on, I could see that the room was absolutely marvelous and beautiful. So uh, in this world, and since we are restricted to something called time, we are able to experience things in a very limited manner. And just imagine a stage where a flashlight is focused, a very big stage where there are so many players, but only one person is focused or uh, uh, one part of the stage is focused. The rest is all in darkness. And uh, that is why I have even started uh, uh, thinking about these parallel universes, since there is no linear time in heaven, according to the near-death experiences, so these parallel lives might be happening simultaneously, but this linear time is what is given to us so that uh, we don't become too confused. So imagine leading so many lives. At the same time, it would uh, lead to chaos. But these NDEAs say that everything is happening simultaneously. So, probably there are parallel universes where we uh, lead lives in a different way. And dreams can take us, astral projections and dreams can take us into these different kinds of consciousness or into these, give us an inkling about these life.
0: You mentioned earlier that affirmations weren't enough. So can you give us some practical advice or things that we can do in our daily lives to raise our consciousness?
1: Many people have said it, uh, Jeff, I don't want it to be a cliche, but just mm. random acts of kindness. Mm. See, um, I was a person who was brought up in the system that uh, people who are working for us should be treated in a different way rather than how we prefer ourselves to be treated. But now I believe, and I think twice, before, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still human, very much human. I uh, react to certain uh, circumstances, but I am always in the awareness of how... I should treat another person just like myself. I cannot take another person for granted or exploit another person just because I give them money as a monthly uh, a salary. or Because I believe I don't know that person's circumstance, the worker's, the laborer's circumstance. He or she might be going through a lot of turmoils in his or her life. And when I pass a rude remark or when I treat that person unkindly, then I believe that I'm uh, accumulating something bad for myself. So just uh, to be aware every second of your life as much as possible is uh, what I would... uh, uh, what I would think would make all of our lives better, Jeff. Hmm.
0: Okay. If you don't mind sharing your life with us, you were raised Catholic, but I'm not sure if you're still a Catholic anymore. So would you mind telling us where you are at on your spiritual journey?
1: Thank you for asking me that uh, question, Jeff. I'm a very much a Catholic, mm-hmm. even now. Uh, not because... Uh, uh, not because... My parents raised me Catholics, as I told you, I had a lot of questions for myself. And I also tried to get some answers from other religions and also believe that other religions have profound truths in them. Having said that, my final, uh, my intuition or uh, I, I, I think that there is nothing other than love in the Bible see uh people have not uh, brought it out in the best possible way i wouldn't like to blame anybody but it has not been uh, portrayed uh when jesus christ says you have to forgive seven into seventy times and th- and how do you reconcile the idea of hell with with this how can you speak about forgiving your enemy and then going to your ch- going to church And at the same time, uh, speaking about a God who is going to uh, make you burn forever in the fires of hell, that's where there's a great divide or a chasm. And I don't think it is the problem of the the religion. It is how it has been brought across. But if we are more observant and uh, able to take the best out of uh, Christianity or or Catholicism, I would say... It focuses only on unconditional love. And that is what we see in the different states of consciousness that end relate to. And from the studies that I have done, there is no other religion, forgive me if I'm wrong, which harps so much on unconditional love, whether you speak about uh, the Good Samaritan or uh, Jesus Saying, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they are doing. Uh, there can there could be no more uh, better example if you are able to forgive a person who who kills you. And uh, speaking to the prisoners on his left side, both of you will be with me in heaven. So I think Jesus was when he was talking about resurrection, he also meant that all of us, just like the people on either side of him. He was talking about all of us, but uh, we fail to get the message, is what I would uh, say, Jeff.
0: Do you have a favorite passage from the Bible?
1: Uh, I would say it's about uh, forgiveness, forgiveness. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeff and uh, uh, don't keep your light underneath hidden that would that is my favorite passage at this point of time, and I would say that you're doing an excellent job of bringing out uh, so many people to make a change in the world. Hmm. Yeah, don't keep your light hidden under uh, in the shadow or in the darkness.
0: Oh, thank you. Hopefully more people in India will see these podcasts since you're my third one, and maybe um, people will be more willing to open up and talk about them.
1: Definitely, definitely, Jeff. And um, I have also heard of uh, similar incidents recently. I hope like one incident, but uh, they are kept very, many of them are kept, some of them are kept very private. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe I would like to find out more from India, mm-hmm. these kind of experiences.
0: When I had Dr. Santoshan, and he was from South India, I believe he was saying that he is telling the story to his wife. It made her afraid, and she didn't want to talk about it. And he told his friend, and he said, hey, don't tell anybody about it.
1: Yeah.
0: Does that, yes, sound, does definitely. that sound pretty normal of what would happen if someone had one in India?
1: My family gives me full support, yes. that. Uh, in that they, uh, they don't prevent me from uh, doing something mm-hmm. and uh, uh, though they might have a different because they have also been raised in the same way and uh, un- until they have their own experiences mm-hmm. they would not be able to integrate all these uh, so but they have given me a lot of support i'm not sure that everybody would give the same support maybe wow. or maybe not yeah, like I mean Santosh, Doctor Santosh said.
0: Yeah, and even here in the United States, I'm sure that there are indie ears that don't tell anybody because they're afraid of you know being ridiculed or or whatever.
1: Yeah, can I relate it to the first question you asked me, Jeff? You mm-hmm. asked me that um, not being being an indie ear and being hesitant to come out into the open and a person like me who can, who, who doesn't have a proper indie experience, but can speak more about, uh, much about it with uh, so much passion and also connect it with science. I think, uh, yes, people have to come out more and that is the purpose that, have, that they have been sent back. Mm. I hope more people realize that and are more joyful about sharing the, these experiences with others.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I've been pretty good at finding people that are not known and bringing them on the podcast. And I think also the podcast is attracting people because people are just reaching out to me personally and asking if they can be on and share their experiences.
1: Yes, Jeff, I reached out to you mm-hmm. and I, uh, to tell you the truth, I did not, uh, Even think that you would get back to me, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm so happy that you did. Mm -hmm. uh, Thank you.
0: Oh, yeah, you're welcome, and thank you. uh,
1: I learn a lot of uh, learn a lot through the experiences shared, Jeff. Because Mm -hmm. some people say that they are taken on a a tour around the galaxy. Mm Uh, we don't know why this privilege is given to certain people or is it because they have reached that particular level of consciousness and some people uh, very few are given a choice to go back or either stay mm-hmm. so uh, uh, these are and naturally they've come back that's why we hear about their experiences mm-hmm. uh, so I'm at, I think that there are people who, who who become one with this consciousness there are people that's absolutely captivating to me uh, the people who say that they became the light and uh, they became the unconditional love and uh, as uh, ritu said she became a uh, lot shiva that means as uh, science says that all consciousness is one and w- all everything can be communicated instantaneously uh it's it's becoming true So we are a part of this great consciousness. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are just trying to promote it, Jeff, Mm -hmm. to leave the petty differences aside.
0: Right. And speaking of promotion, I want to promote you. So you have a couple books out. Tell us about your books.
1: The first uh, book is called God Has Our Backs. So this book was uh, when I had a lot of experiences, and I totally surrendered to God. I I wrote this book, and it was written almost close to one month or uh, or forty days. It was published on Amazon Kindle. Um, that is a kind of a memoir that I have written about how what I believe to be uh, things happening at random. Uh, showed me a plan. And then you have a lot of synchronicities uh, that happened in my life mentioned in that book. The second one is called uh, The Brimstone Fallacy or The Myth of the Inferno. The title itself is, I think, self-explanatory, where I believe that hell is just uh, a uh, made-up story and it relates more to your consciousness. Hmm. So these books are available on amazon.com as well as amazon.in.
0: Do you have a website, Rosalind?
1: I don't have a website, Jeff. Hmm. Uh, but I have a YouTube channel called The Mind Maverick. Okay. So uh, uh, this is my YouTube channel and I have a Facebook page. Hmm. It, it's just Rosalind Bosco just uh, where I post promote my videos and try to help help people with more of awareness about themselves and how how they can make life better for themselves and uh, there is one thing that uh, I would like to share with you Jeff Uh, there is a video about anger that I have uh, uh, uploaded Uh, and I would not say that I'm a a totally peaceful or a calm person i am a very emotional person who ignites who, who ignites very quickly uh, only a person who has uh, who has so much uh, emotional uh, connectivity a person who has experienced the other side can give more inputs or her knowledge about what he or she has uh, experienced and how, how it can be tackled in a better way. Uh, did I make myself clear? Or-
0: yeah, I think I'm just saying that, you know, if you're an emotional person or you get angry easy, then they may want to check out your video because it helps them with that situation.
1: Uh, but now all these, uh, for these two years, I have, uh, with these uh, concepts of self-awareness, it has helped me to come a long way to overcome this sensitivity, being oversensitive to things. Uh, you call this, uh, people being called empaths, so they they just feel for everything around them and feel the, take on the pain of others is what I mean. Mm. So when you have that fear inside you, that fear is what drives you, makes you angry and uh, makes a person uh, uh, emotional outbursts. It make, it uh, brings forward emotional outbursts. So how to keep uh, yourself grounded is what I have. It so, has helped me personally.
0: So are you saying that the reason that you would have emotional outbursts is because you're empathic and you were picking up other people's emotional states?
1: Definitely, Jeff. Hmm. I feel fear, I feel, I used to feel fear for everything that happened around me. I used to feel fear. I used to be afraid for my family's uh, well-being. I used to think about it a lot. And what happened was, uh, I took it out on them, because I felt that they did not resonate with me, they did not understand me, but... Now I have realized that each one is different, has come with a different uh, purpose in life, and it is his or her sole mission to learn things on them. I cannot force it down on anybody. So this has also helped me with this fear and uh, anger issues.
0: Mm, That's interesting. If people want to reach out to you and write to you, are you a public person and do you answer them?
1: Definitely, Jeff. If people want to reach out to me, they can uh, uh, reach out to me at R O S A L I N E B O S C O continuously. Rosalind Bosco mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. yahoo.com. Okay. This is my mail ID. Okay, great.
0: All right, Rosalind, before we finish up, do you have one last message that you'd like to share with everybody?
1: This is my one last uh, message. That is to be in the present, Jeff. That solves all our problems. So neither brooding about the, you have to definitely come out of the past. Whatever it is, whatever you might have. Just come out and be in the present. Because only the now is the most important defining. Only the now exists, Jeff. Mm -hmm. This would be my uh, humble message to people.
0: Yeah, I like that message. And I've thought about that. You know, we see physical things from the past, but technically the past does not exist and neither does the future, only now.
1: Yes. So just be happy in the present.
0: Yeah. All right, Rosalind. Well, thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best.
1: Thank you so much for taking me on your show. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Have a great day over there.
1: Thank you. You too. Mm -hmm.